He is risen. He is risen indeed. My name is Paul Brandis, and I get the privilege of serving Sterling College as the chaplain, and I want to welcome you to the Sterling College Chapel podcast. Again, this is a little different than what we get normally on this podcast feed. Typically, we use this feed to put out sermons that were recorded in chapel, but things are very different for all of us these days. And so today, Monday, April 13th, 2020, I want to come to you instead with a reading and a couple reflections centered upon what was yesterday, Easter, the holiest and most important day in our Christian faith, the day where we proclaim He is risen. He is risen indeed. I've selected John chapter 20. All of the Gospels contain accounts of Jesus' resurrection. I think John 20 might be my favorite. Here it is now. Hear the word of the Lord. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and she said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Now both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter, and he reached the tomb first. After stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but instead folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, he also went in, and he saw and believed. For you see, as yet, they did not understand the scripture, that he, Jesus, must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and she said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but instead go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. So Mary Magdalene went and she announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he said to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were because of fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came, so that the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of my favorite chapters in the whole of the Bible. I love so much about it, the account of Jesus and Mary, the intimacy of that moment, Jesus saying to her, Mary, and and that being how she knew who he was. I love doubting Thomas. I can resonate so much with him. With Jesus' words, do not disbelieve, but believe. How much in my own life is that true of me every single day? What I want to draw out for our reflection is some thoughts on verses 30 and 31. Those are the last two verses in the book, and those again read this way. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. What I love about verse 31 in particular is, but these are written so that you may believe, meaning the reader, and then the ending, and that by believing you may have life in his name. For those of us that are followers of Jesus, when the Apostle John, which that's the disciple that Jesus loved, that is how John refers to himself in his gospel. This is how we know that John and Jesus were best friends, and he wrote an account of Jesus' life. And When he was writing verses 30 and 31, he wasn't specifically thinking of us, but he was thinking of us, those who have life in his name. He was thinking about those who would read this and and come to believe that Jesus really is who he said he was, that Jesus really did die, and that Jesus really did rise again on the third day. I love that. I love that. And for those of us that maybe aren't followers of Jesus, John was still thinking of you because he wrote his his gospel in part so that those who are not followers of Jesus might read and be convinced again that Jesus really is who he said he was, that he really did die and he really did rise again. And that last part, that he really did rise again, that's just the center of everything. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, he talks about how if our Christian faith only gives us hope for this life, meaning if Jesus didn't really defeat death, 
if we can't really defeat death because of Jesus, then, then what is the purpose? Jesus really is someone who died and rose again. And that changes everything because death really is the great and final enemy. If Jesus can't provide a way to conquer death, we might as well give this all up and, and do whatever we want. But Christians fundamentally believe that Jesus did rise again, that he did defeat death, and that one day we will join him in that defeat. And this is the second reflection. And this is not specifically from John 20, but this is just about the resurrection. Because the resurrection of Jesus means that no situation is hopeless, no matter how dark it seems. The resurrection of Jesus means that no situation is hopeless, no matter how dark it seems. Can you imagine being Jesus' mother on Saturday before Sunday? Can you imagine being John, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, on Saturday before Sunday? Or how about Peter? Or any of, other, or any of the other one of Jesus' friends? Can you imagine being them on the Saturday before the Sunday? I can, just a little bit. I can begin to imagine what I would feel, what I would think, and I have to surmise that it would be, it would have been incredibly hopeless. But then Sunday came. The tomb was empty. Jesus defeated death. And the resurrection of Jesus means that no situation is hopeless, no matter how dark it seems. Now, I don't want to minimize the darkness of the situations that you might be experiencing. In fact, our entire world is experiencing a darkness a very strange one, a once-in-a-five-generation type of darkness, a, a once-in-a-hundred-plus-year type of darkness as we battle together COVID-19. And not for a moment am I minimizing how dark your situation is. I'm not. I'm not doing that. And Jesus wouldn't do that either. Nobody's taking away the pain you're feeling, the suffering that you're experiencing. I just want to provide resurrection-centered hope in the midst of that. Yes, things are hard right now. Yes, things are different right now. Yes, things are challenging right now. But part of what's so beautiful about following Jesus is that it doesn't have to be completely hopeless. Never has to be completely hopeless. And it never has to be completely sad. Because our faith is about a risen Lord. Our faith is about the person we follow having the power to defeat even death. And what's more, it's not just that he has that power, but it's that he's given that power to us. Back to John 20 as we close. There's these strange verses where Jesus says to, to Mary, verse 17, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, and to your Father, to my God, and to your God. It's an odd verse. You'd expect Jesus to say, hug me, grasp on to me. And scholars debate what this verse is about, but the, the hint of his ascension, I think, means that Jesus is referring to the Holy Spirit. Don't cling on to me. I have other work to do. And, and namely, the other work is ascending to the Father so that he and I together can send his Spirit. Even later in John 20, in verse 22, we get a hint of, of Jesus speaking to the disciples of receiving his Holy Spirit. This is John's account of, of the Father and Jesus sending his Holy Spirit. 
And the power that raised Jesus from the dead is not just a a power like the force in Star Wars. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is a person, the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And so we don't just follow a risen Lord who has the power to defeat death. If we follow Jesus, we have that power too, because the Holy Spirit dwells inside each one of us. Consider that. No situation is completely hopeless if you have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside you. No situation is completely dark or completely sad if the God of the universe, by way of his Spirit, is making his home inside your hearts. That is an unshakable hope that provides unmeasurable joy. And that is why Christians for thousands of years have been able to be content in the midst of difficult circumstances. That is why they have had joy in the midst of difficult circumstances. That is why they have found grounded resurrection hope in the middle of difficult circumstances because they know that the grave is empty. That God used his Holy Spirit to raise Jesus from the dead. And then, and then they know that God and Jesus sent that Holy Spirit to dwell in the midst of his people and indeed and dwell inside his people where they can find hope forevermore and joy forevermore. So my prayer, and I have been praying for all of you, is that you would find resurrection hope and remember that the resurrection of Jesus means that no situation is hopeless, no matter how dark it seems. I love you all so much. I'm so grateful to get to be your chaplain. But no matter how much I love you, God loves you more. And he proved it by sending Jesus to die for you while you and I were still sinners. Thanks be to God. He is risen. He is risen indeed.